Let's take it to the edge. Let's get deflected. Let's talk about the night perspective. Let's get sharp. Let's get a little real. Hey guys, I'm Dan Eastland with Dogwood Custom Knives, and I'm here with Kyle Daly of KH Daily Knives, and this is this Knife Perspective, episode number 069. Yes, but how was the swag? How are you doing tonight, Kyle? Doing pretty good. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on. Got some knives shipped out the last couple of days, so uh, it's pretty good. Uh, making a bunch of hammers. Those are selling like crazy. I can't believe how many have sold this past month. and. I think I'm going to actually have to end up getting in touch with the the hammer hammer manufacturer and see about possibly ordering direct because I've already bought like uh, close to 150 hammers now. So man, they probably think like an entire like village of elves has moved into your area and they're yeah. building like uncountable number of shoes. Yeah, I, I, the four ounce and eight ounce hammers you or ball beans you'd think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've been wiping out, uh, I've got like three different places I order from and just wipe them out. And then, uh, but usually by the time I come back around, they've, they've got like 20 in stock again. And then I buy all 20 of them. There's some district rep out there going, dude, I don't know what they're doing in Chicago, but it's messed up, but they're buying <laughs> a bunch of hammers. So I'm not going to look. <laughs> yeah. So how are you doing, Dan? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, I, uh, I love my BT, but I take a little pride in the fact that I lost her some money. Um, I have been completely compliant. Uh, first time in like 10 years, I am on schedule healing up. So I am pretty excited. Definitely ready to get in the, uh, in the shop. Yeah, man. Yesterday I worked all day, like legit, like 10 hours, full day's work. And I got up from the desk and nothing was done. <laughs> like I had done nothing but like emails and respond to things. I don't know how people do that, man. Like, yeah, I, I had such a tantrum. I had to go to the shop and I worked at the shop to like two in the morning just to, to feel like I had done something. Yeah, I was packing boxes and stuff. And it's amazing how much time like shipping or shipping labels and contacting people and then uh one of my one of my the people that bought one of my knives apparently the whole square credit card processing facility like shut down yesterday oh. and uh That's so uh yeah it kept saying the card was denied and um yeah had to figure out a different way to charge a credit card um i just have them email me all their information <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. I'd rather not be uh, be on the hook for anything like that. But yeah, we tried to put it through twice, and uh, once you go to our bank, it would like have the the pending thing, but none of the funds went to me. So we'll see if it actually goes through. It might be sending her a refund, but we'll get we'll get it straightened out. I got faith in you. Yeah. 
Want to talk about our wonderful sponsors? I do. Oh, you changed up the order, didn't you? No. No, we totally have changed up the order. Hey, guys, like you think that we're about to talk about Jantz. We're not. You know what we're talking about? We're going to talk about Phoenix. Phoenix Abrasives. Uh, Use discount code KP10 for 10% off all your orders. Um, And apparently they've got these cheesy sanding stick things that some guy came up with. I don't know. And he's a nice kid, might be a little special. Why why don't y'all throw him a bone and go order a couple of these sand and buddy things? Yeah, I'm very special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was talking with Greg and um, yeah, we got got him some info and he was presenting it and hopefully we can get some sanding sticks and sanding buddies sent up there. Uh, I am preparing to actually be working in the shop again. So I just put in a, uh, almost a bulk order for uh, shop rolls. Okay. Cause uh, I am prepping for a little hand sanding because nothing be reminds me why I love knife making more than just, I'm just going to get in there and just hand sand. Right. I mean, as soon as they say go, I'm going to be all up in that sandpaper. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that sounds like it would be really good on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots Appar- of repetitive short mo- movements. <laughs> Apparently, I had an issue with uh, repetitive, stressful motions. I don't know. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen that uh, video Jeremy from Simple Little Life did? He made this, like, hand-sanding table thing. has, like, a motor with an offset wheel and uh push arm thing on some slides um looks dangerous as heck but uh seems to seems to work pretty well what i need to do is quit sending my kids to them fancy ass colleges and have them back in the shop hand sanding for me like god intended (laughs) (laughs) yeah need to pay somebody 10 bucks an hour to come do that Whoa, 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 easy now. I don't know where you get this paying people stuff from. I, this is a knife shop. You, you work for the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, you can get in touch with Old Town Cutlery, and they're another great sponsor of the podcast. You can use discount code KP10 for 10% off your order there. And they've got a wonderful selection of all sorts of production knives and knife making tools. And knife making supplies. So go and give some, Lee a shout and uh, and some vintage stuff. And they have just uh, really invested in their Becker line. Oh, so uh, don't just help the show out. Go help uh, old Uncle E out and uh, head down to Old Town and and uh, we our other wonderful sponsor, Atlas Materials. Dan and Natasha do a great job over there. Lots of cool stuff coming in and out. I did a couple handles this week where I uh, mixed it up and matched some of my pins to my uh, liner colors. Had a uh, black and orange liner with uh, blue G10. Did some orange pins, and that turned out pretty cool. Hey, man, your your purse has always got to match your shoes. I don't know where you got this whole avant-garde, the pins don't have to match the liner. Pins got to match the liner. Carpet and drapes, tops and bottoms. This is this is known. Pins have got to match the liner. I use a lot of pins. So I don't just put like two in there. So go through a lot of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, three is more than two. I pins still got to match the liners. Seven. Seven. Yeah. It, have you ever heard of epoxy? Yeah. You know, you can add that stuff to a knife handle. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then the lanyard tube, seven. On all my kitchen knives, there'd be another pin. All right, so that's a hand, 
and some more. Yeah. <sighs> you fancy. Yeah. And then I, I need to get a, I want to get a laser. So anybody that wants to send me a fiber laser, I'd be uh, very grateful because uh, I'm getting kind of tired of doing all, doing all my serial numbers and stuff on my knives with my electro etch. Um, we have actually got two companies in the queue to come in and talk about the wonderful world of lasers. Yeah, I just need money. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying to angle in for the whole, you know, we'll do a review for you. We're a big deal. Um, I'm going to need you to write that email so it looks professional. Chat, chat GPT. There we go. <laughs> we need to teach you how to use that. Yeah. All right. So y'all probably think we're done with the sponsors. We're not. Because <laughs> we haven't talked about Jantz. And their phenomenal discount code, KPGRIP, for 10% off your handle materials. I, I feel like I'm being repetitive at this point, but there's there's probably two new listeners that don't know this. Just about every knife maker I know got their start being able to buy ones and twos from Jantz. It's a great place to have lots of options on one knife scale, one set of this, one set of that. If you want to dip your little pinky toe in, you're not quite ready to commit. They've got a bunch of blade blanks. You can buy a blade blank, put a handle on it, be a cutlerer, and uh, become addicted and then wind up living in your shop because you spent all your money on grinders. It's it's awesome, man. Everybody should do it. Yeah. Um, I do want to take a minute. I, I'm not a begging kind of guy, so I'm going to say strongly ask. Somebody listening to this podcast is going to need some handle material. They're going to need some pin material. They're going to need some abrasives. All of these sponsors carry that stuff. And here's the deal, guys. If we can't show the sponsors that at least two of our listeners are actually using these these codes and we're having an effect, we're going to have to start paying for this stuff ourselves. And I don't think I can go back to prostitution. Like, <laughs> it, it was so hard to get out of the life. I can't go back in it. So I am going to need y'all to help keep me off the streets. Uh, the next time you need some materials... Help your old Uncle Dan stay off the streets. Use the discount code. Let them know that, that you're a listener and we're affecting their business. And just know that it's a gift to me and to you. <laughs> All righty. And uh, you can keep in touch with our dealers. You can find uh, Dogwood Customized and KH Daily Knives at Old Town Cutlery and Knife Center. And you can find Dogwood Custom Knives at The Cook Station and Blade HQ and... Uh, you can find Cage Daily Knives at Northside Cutlery. So thank you for all of our great dealers. You skipped a, a premier sponsor. Huh? Skipped two of them. Oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was in special ed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As always, Cage Daily Knives and Dogwood Custom Knives help and sponsor the podcast also. Thanks, Beth and Courtney. We appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, she's putting the boys to bed so I can be down here talking. So sweet. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know we're 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 doing the buddy chit chat thing. We're getting a little carried away. Let's get into the let's get into the the guild watch, the knife show, maybe a shout out or two, and then we can get into what everybody's really listening for. Yeah. Uh, so for guild or uh, knife shows, we have Spirit of the Blade coming up in Troy, Ohio. This it should go up on March first. So. Uh, you'll have a short turnaround time on this one. It's uh, March 3rd and 4th in Troy, Ohio. You can find such wonderful listeners and knife makers as Jess Hoffman, Clarence DeYoung, Doug Ritter, and many more there. 
And you can find Blade Show Texas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, March 17th through the 18th. A lot of our listeners will be there also. Uh, We got the Badger Knife Show in Janesville, Wisconsin, March 24th through 26th. I will be there. I don't believe I will have a table, but uh, I will definitely be there on Saturday walking around and hanging out. So. You're going to be uh, incognito? You're going to be secret sharper co- shopper, Kyle? Or are you going to be repping the colors? I'll have my uh, polo shirt on and stuff, and I'll have a bunch of knives that I'm going to be bringing for Corey to take photos of. So Okay. Uh, yeah, hopefully I can have a, a handful of knives to, uh, of various models and get a few more photos taken. It's all about the pretty picture. Yeah, he does a great job. Oh, 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 oh. I, I get to do the next one. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay, good. It's at John's shop. Okay. So South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. Uh, it's going to be back in St. Matthew, South Carolina, April 15th. That's at John's shop. Awesome shop. It's in John's shop, you say? Yep. Which is great for a lot of the hammer swingers because John does a lot of forging. Where my shop is usually, we had one, uh, we had one forging demo the last show, but my shop's more Stock removal. His is more uh, uh, hammering. It's almost going to be a hammer in. So especially a lot of the guys that like to forge, this is a good good one for them to come to. Yeah. Also, As the well, spinning, his lathe for spinning the pans and different stuff, pretty cool. Uh, I always love seeing videos and stuff of him doing that stuff at his shop. And I, I threw the gauntlet down. I'm like, all right, how big of a pan can you do? Because uh, uh, for the river property, I want a ginormous frying pan. Okay. So I, I'm looking forward to see just how ridiculous we can get. Not like a walk? Isn't that, is that what you usually used at the river? Uh, I do both cast iron and a walk. Um, I like the walk because I can just kind of bury it down in the coals and it's self-leveling. But no, I want like a big, like two dozen, three pound of bacon being able to cook all at once giant frying pan. You're going you're gonna to need two pairs of tongs for that. Fortunately, I'm, fortunately I'm by. I can use <laughs> tweezers in each hand. <laughs> uh, you might need to figure out how to use two two in each hand. Like Oh, oh the, te- the uh, Romanian double knuckle technique? I, I know that. Okay. Uh, I studied that <laughs> in the monastery. Alrighty. Uh, so, shout outs. Uh, got Maximus Knives. He, it may... Or I'm going to probably record or put this recording in uh, to the previous show also, but because I don't think I talked about it, he he's doing a, a waffle for raising some money. He just recently got divorced and is now the sole provider to take care of his son. So he's gone full time with knife making. And uh, there have been a little over 40 people, including myself, that have put things into this uh, waffle that you could win. Uh, you'll have to get go on his Instagram to figure out where the payment is. But I put in a six inch petty knife that uh, it's got some of Brian Cohn's X forge carbon fiber on it. It's got black and blue liners and blue pins. It turned out spectacular. So definitely check that out and you can win some really cool stuff and help out a, a, a great guy that needs our needs our help. So those of y'all that have been listening for a while know that we really don't get behind too much of this stuff. But this is a this is a very good cause. So if you're going to help one person out a year, this would be a good time to do it. Yeah, hoping I win your petty knife. Yeah, 
because I, I want to use the hell out of it and then send it back for free, free spa service. Yeah, to do that. Oh. But I'm not going to warn you. I'm just going to randomly send it to you. A different... <laughs> All righty. All right, we're getting long. Um, Joe Snarsky from LMF, who is a phenomenal guy, has done a lot of CNC work for me. Um, I think we cracked the code on water-cooled quench plates. I am really excited. The What I'm pretty confident is going to be the last variation. I think I'm going to get them this weekend. Cool. So especially guys that are doing the stainless steel where they're heat treating it, you know, 2,000, 2,200 degrees. I know my plates, even with four or five sets, start getting so hot that I'm not getting, they're not drawing the heat out fast enough. And I've tried putting plates in freezer. I've splashed liquid nitrogen on them. I, I, I've had a fit. And I think we're going to, it's using a little 12-volt pump. It's running water through both plates, kind of like a radiator. And we've got a five-gallon bucket for a reservoir. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that works out. You will be like the third person to know. <laughs> yeah, I made made some with fins, and it just doesn't seem to cool off quick enough. Need some water cooling. Yeah, uh, those help with the recovery, but they still overheat. Yeah. Well, they you just have to keep spraying them down with water and have air blowing on them and stuff. And uh, I'd like something that's a little less effort. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Dan's rants. You know, I I got two. I'm, I, you know, I, all right. I'm going to go with the one that I'm least prepared for. Here's the deal, guys. If y'all want to move up, if you want to go from a hobby guy to a maker, one of the things you're going to have to learn, it's a knife. It's a product. It's not your baby. You have got to be able to hear people say unkind things about it and not get an emotional reaction. Part of that is you've got to be able to take critique. And part of it is you're going to get jackasses that just don't like your work. And you need to be able to hear that without having a tantrum and damaging your, your brand. But more importantly, if a more experienced knife maker or a knowledgeable person sees a flaw, they need to be able to tell you that. You take it on board and then you can choose to do something about it or not. Uh, it's important too to kind of judge if a person's an idiot or if they really know what they're talking about. And if you think they know what they're talking about and they're going to tell you about a mistake you're making, you got to learn to hear that, smile, thank them, and then do something about it. Because if you get all emotional every time somebody doesn't like something about your work, you're not going to progress beyond a hobbyist. That's just you're handicapping yourself. I get it especially my full custom stuff. There's a little piece of me, frequently blood or small bits of flesh in every knife that I make. But you got to be able to step away from that, that emotional investment that you put in. Hear it spoken as is a product and learn from that. Yep. That's Dan's rant. Um, you know, the, uh, that's a fairly calm one this week. Yeah. I did, so this is going to be an interesting show. All right. You want to introduce our guest? You know, I, I'm torn. Like, I feel like we've got people on the edge of the seat. They're actually listening to us for a change, but we are being kind of rude. So tonight's guest, we're classing the joint up. I think uh, the, the second woman to ever be on the podcast. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, it's been kind of interesting. Third. I've, I've, Third. I've, 
had Elite. Sarah from Soulbound. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Third is a beautiful thing. That's not a reflection on who we think you are as a person. Uh, actually, it's been kind of cool because you see people on TV, internet, whatever, and you kind of you, you think you know them, but you don't really know them. You get to kind of see progressions in their life, um, see how things have moved, and you feel like you know them, but you don't really know them. This is a chance to get to know a really amazing individual. Do, do we give up your real name or do we just stick with your stage name? I forgot to ask that. Hey, it's Swags, guys. Let's just, I'm going to play it safe. How are you doing tonight, Swags? I think everyone kind of knows them both now. <laughs> oh, you go both ways too? I just did both. I'm just, I'm Savannah and Swags. Don't call me whatever. Okay. Like I, I totally didn't say something inappropriate. There, there's nothing for you to hear. <laughs> nothing. No, seriously. I don't know what you're talking there's about. There's a big lag right now. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Alrighty. One of the first questions we always like to start with is, where did you grow up? Um, born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. I actually, uh, my most of my family lives here. I live in a family household that's been passed down one generation. So, pretty cool, because it's a cool house. Nice. I actually just moved out on my own, so that's weird. Not going to say where. I feel like that's not safe, but no. uh, not there anymore. <laughs> I'm definitely not taking notes. Nothing for you to worry about. <laughs> yeah. I remember door when I got my first place, it was like uh crazy. It's like uh I need super glue, don't have that. I need duct tape, don't have that. I like I need a need a screw, don't have any of those. <laughs> so it's like crazy like building up that whole thing. What? I luckily, so I grew up as the only woman in my household. So, um, listen, when I was moving in by day two, I already had a junk drawer with all my random stuff in it. We had batteries. My dad's like moving in present to me was giving me a crap ton of LED light bulbs. And I thought he was crazy at the time, but like, hell yeah. And he also gave me like six packs of toilet paper. Once again, thought he was crazy. I don't anymore. That's the best moving in gift I could have asked for. Nice. Man, I lived in a place for like six years before I had anything other than beer and ketchup in my refrigerator. Like, I feel like maybe y'all have evolved a little. <laughs> oh, God, not me. I, I love to cook. I cannot say that for me. For whatever reason, that's just. Listen, I'm not going to spend more than like $5 on a shirt, but I'm going to draw some money on oh. some food. I like to cook. I like to eat. I like to try new things. It's not an accident I make kitchen knives. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so. I want to. That would be so fun. I've worked every part of it, like a restaurant, so. I I, I know a dude that work with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever make it to the Chicago area or the Greenville area, I think you uh, have two people that would be glad to show you it, how we do it, at least. It's a short, short drive. Interesting. I'm pretty close to Greenville, and I'm going to Chicago in a month. Nice. If I were capable of jealousy, <laughs> I might feel it right now. Good thing I'm not. Make sure you get some deep dish pizza. They say it's uh, 
or that it's uh, just a tourist thing, but it's my favorite. Out on pizza. We're not going places and missing out on pizza. If you have a signature dish or signature dish, I want to try it. There we go. Always good. Any place you go. So you need to try need to try deep dish pizza and Italian beef sandwiches. I can do that. You think I'm kidding? I'm really writing notes down as we take as you do this. <laughs> One of those nice. people. She's like the most professional per- person on the podcast, Dan. I'm a little nervous. I've never actually had somebody to listen to us before. <laughs> Dan one time took took notes in the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, it's because we had somebody interesting on. It wasn't you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was Laren, wasn't it? He was dropping some knowledge bomb. I think it was when uh, we had Corey on with the photography stuff. Yeah, or it might have been uh, one of the sharpening guys too. Yeah, turns out there's a lot I need to learn. All right. You want to do the next one? Yeah. Um, What was the first knife you had? Um, A Kershaw Lane Design by Thin Onion. I got it in February of 2019. That was my first knife ever. Wow. Late. Late? Late At least I got here. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've probably made up for it since, huh? Have Have a lot of knives now? Um, actually, no, I'm gonna be honest. I love my knives, but I'm kind of in this industry for like a totally weird and different reason than just the knives. And I'll probably get back to that later, but I enjoy my knives. I use them. I have fun with them. Um, when I was a server, when I had a, like, I would get up to like 200 or so knives and I was like, okay, we need to get rid of some of these because I don't have enough room for them. So I would take them with me to work and I would sell them like that, which was great. Um, but other than that, like I'll get knives and I'll re-gift them, you know, I'll send them off. And, you know, I just think it's more fun to kind of send them around. I can't keep a collection. I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm just that person. I think the only thing I've collected so far is like, well, VHS players, or not players, but tapes. <laughs> Say it. Say it. <laughs> I love them. I don't nice. know why. It's weird. I found my baptism on one just recently. <laughs> so how how did you get started in the, the knife making? Whoa, whoa, realm? whoa. whoa. What, to, hey, what, you're just going to skip ahead? Yeah, I think she. I'm not sure if she wants to answer those other ones. Look, she had her opportunity to redline the questions. If they're still in there, we get to ask, ask them. them. It's it's in the contract. Ask them. Listen, I'm a pro. Right. Sidestep it if necessary. I'm just right. kidding. She'll go tell it, you to go to hell in such a way you'll look forward to the trip. <laughs> All right, go for it. No, 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 no. I get the I get the second one. I get the good one. You can have the you can have this one. This is going to be another one where, like, you're going to be like, oh, I told you not to ask that one. Oh, I wouldn't do that to you, Kyle. It'll be fine. <laughs> Trust me. So do you have any uh, any pets? Uh, a few. Why? 
Okay. Uh, Dan always likes to ask, how did you beat your dog and why are they better than people? So I'm not sure okay, if you had so, any. Or... Um, I have three dogs. Um, they are at my dad's house. I met Roscoe because my brother got him for my dad for um, Father's Day and he ended up being like my brother's dog. Um, Smalls. Roscoe's, I got him in eighth grade. So Smalls, we got him two years after I graduated. So like 2017. And oh, Roscoe is a either Irish, Scottish, or Scandinavian wolfhound. I don't know. Can't remember. One of the three. Smalls is a diluted brindle pit. He is beautiful with like sunburst eyes. And he mm -hmm. is uh, the least ferocious dog. And like Roscoe will gasp like audibly if you scare him. So I met, that's also my brother's dog. My dad <laughs> came home with a dog from the family reunion a few years ago. Her name is Rushi and she is a purebred bloodhound and the biggest pain in my ass I think I've ever had in my life. She chews up everything. Like I'm not getting a puppy right now for my new house because I am not doing the puppy stage. I am sick of it. She chewed up everything. I used to have, a, you know what? I did collect something one time. Heels, shoes, expensive, not that expensive, but expensive for me, shoes. And she chewed them all up. You know how many pairs of skirts or, well, they were shorts and now they're skirts because of her. So those are my dogs, but my angels I, are my cats. <laughs> you think she just feels threatened having another woman? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just ridiculous. But her and my, um... Her, the bloodhound, and my pit had puppies. She had nine of them. I was terrified. But moved out soon after that. Huh? All three of them had puppies? Her bloodhound and her... No, no, no. Rushi and Small. Rushi oh. and Smalls, they had puppies, and she had nine of them. Okay. They're like, they're actually pretty cute, but they're weird looking a little bit. I'm going to lie. <laughs> Um, all babies are weird looking. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Hey, I know. Unless they're C-section babies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They still look like, they still like, look like many Winston Churchill's. I mean, they may not have the funky head thing going on, but they're still kind of weird looking. I mean, I know, I know whoever's listening, your kid was beautiful. No, listen, let's be real. Every child has to go through an ugly phase. Um, and you Some just hope that it's middle school. Others. You know, like it's already a brutal time. Just go ahead and throw it in there. <laughs> My ugly phase was middle school. I, and like early high school. It was a weird time. Mine was like, like 11, 12 years old till like 48, 49. <laughs> I feel like I'm just coming through it. <laughs> like like I'm about to blossom. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> All right. Now for the money shot. The question, really, the single reason everybody tunes into this podcast. How'd you meet your partner? And where does it fall on the Dan Kyle scale? <laughs> um, I met Hawkins actually through Rosecraft. Um, he's four years younger than me. 
is like an actual cowboy with like he goes and does like the horseback riding and stuff listen i want to like horseback riding not for me but i'll do it anytime you ask me to but he's a designer he designed the chonk or the little tonk um the mohawk and the ajuda for our first round rosecraft blades his dad actually owns the company because um hawkins grandfather he like used to tinker around and like build clocks, take them all the way apart and like rebuild clocks, all kinds of really cool stuff. And so Rosecraft was his business. And so we kind of revived that as Rosecraft Blades. So I met Hawkins through there. He's actually four years younger than me and I'm a cradle robber. I don't know, but I pursued him and he lets me know that sometimes, but I like to think that he kind of he was he was doing some too, <laughs> but we met through work. Basically, we both uh, liked knives, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's actually pretty nice, pretty wholesome, you know. Yeah, that's that's disgustingly <laughs> yeah. wholesome. I'm not gonna lie. I, was, <laughs> you know, I had some high hopes. I started hearing about it. I started hearing about a younger man and maybe a, an at work hookup. I thought maybe you know. Pardon me, ma'am. Do you need some help with your plumbing? But no, no, it's just a just a, a healthy, wholesome relationship. Oh my god, it really is. It's disgustingly sweet. I can't even lie. I've had like some pretty crap relationships, but he's probably one of like the best people I've ever met. Like he's like actually my best friend, oh. coolest people ever. So I got pretty lucky. He's probably one of my best blessings, I must say. Well, and Beth will tell you, younger men is that's where it's at. Like that's that's where you want to be. Yep. <laughs> my wife's older too so well it looks like i'm on the right path then look yeah there you, you are be just like dan the and kyle the trick is to get them young before somebody else has screwed them up and then you can train them the way you want them hey you know what that's actually a joke but it's not i always tell people and actually, Hawkins really hates when I use this word for it, but it is what it is. I tell people in the beginning, no matter who you meet, whether it's friends or family for the first time, um, <clears throat> but boyfriends or girlfriends especially, you should always like hold your guard up the highest and like demand respect in even the smallest of areas. Because in the beginning, you actually do train people how to treat you by what you allow and what you don't allow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a well-trained dog, apparently. Oof. <laughs> I was just thinking that actually explains a few things. <laughs> uh, you know, people can't. I mean, every me. time Beth rings a bell, there I am, just <laughs> salivating. The Pavlov. Oh, look at the big brain yeah. on Kyle. Yeah, it's like you went to college or something. I didn't learn that in college. <laughs> oh. How'd you get started in the industry? Knives, that is. Um. Okay, kind of weird. I think a lot of people do know this story, but it is kind of weird. So I did modeling for quite some time. Um, I actually didn't really look like this at all, but I did. I actually, I was a, okay, hold on. I was a bank teller and then I started doing modeling on the side. And then I quit because I was able to replace like my income with it. It was weird. I randomly got a photo shoot one day and weird stuff happened. Not like weird, weird, but like weird, good. I don't know. Whatever. I ended up working with this photographer named Andy Armstrong. He is one of my dearest friends now. Um, More like family. But he worked at Smoky Mountain Knife Works. And 
Yeah, he's the one that invited me onto the podcast. He was like, because we worked the first time together, and um, it sucked. He was such a, like, we did not mix together well, let me just say. But the second time we worked together, we had a great time. We were, you know, just had good humor together. And he was like, hey, I do a podcast talking about knife works. Do you want to come up and do it? Um, you can get your first knife or whatever. And he let me pick out a knife. And yeah, I did it the first time, came back and did it a second time. And somehow people liked me. Like, I legitimately wait, didn't know anything. I did not claim to know anything. Wait, wait, um, hey, I'm but sorry. yeah, Hang, people wait. liked me and I came back. I'm sorry. This isn't your first knife podcast? No. I feel no. used. I do apologize. I, I, I feel but you used. should be pretty happy, you know, because if it was my first one, you would not have liked it. Okay, okay. So you were on some lesser podcast that gave you some experience so you could blossom with us. Yeah, absolutely. See, exactly. You get the point. Yeah. I had to go train somewhere. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of effort to teach them. them. It was really hard, I have to say, because I did the swag reports there. I ended up doing like 300. And you gotta think when I first started doing it, like I had modeling and a little bit of acting experience. So I know how to know lines and deliver them, but it's a lot harder to deliver lines when you have no idea what the hell it's about. Um, like same at the time, if I was like, um, this is a ZTO 609 sprint run, it's got whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, just the ZTO 609, I could not wrap my brain around the fact of that was like the name of the knife. So even the delivery was weird. Like I had to really like, I was like, I can't just remember these lines and say it back. Number one, I'm not the greatest actor. I have to be somewhat genuine. And two, I was just like, I just don't, I'm not saying it right. You know? So I decided I was just going to go online and I watched a bunch of videos. I did research. I kind of just looked different things up to kind of, even just the simplest things of learning what different blade shapes were, uh, grinds and stuff like that. because. Until I knew what I was talking about, it was really hard to talk about it, if that makes sense. So I actually was not able to do it disingenuously. I really did kind of have to learn about it and learn about it quickly because we did, um, I only recorded once a week, but I did um, 14 videos minimum each week, just like with the Swags reports. I also did the podcast and the recorded video. So I had to start learning what I was talking about. Probably where some of the honesty or the sincerity that comes across in a lot of your stuff came from. Thanks. <laughs> so I, uh, I guess technically you got into social media and knives about the same, about the same time. I mean, it was the same pathway. Yeah. Um, I was in social media for a few years before, but then I got into knives. I got into knives few years after social media. Okay. Um, and I guess if you really want to go far enough back, your day job was bank teller and then it was modeling and knives were your side mm-hmm. gig. And then knives became, did that become your full time or did you always have the, was it more, always more of a side job thing? Um, it was always more of a side job thing. Now I treated it with the same respect that I did my other jobs, but it really kind of only required like 20 hours of my time each week or each month, really. So, you know, it wasn't really a full-time gig. And plus, I started working at, um, I was shopping out, but I'm mad at the people that work there. So, BKW was a wing place that I worked at. 
Um, I'm sure you can figure out if you want to, but I was a cook there because one of my friends worked there and he was like, Hey, swags, like I need, you know, I need some help. We're short staff. Can you come cook? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I was doing modeling. I was doing, you know, I was cooking at the wing place and all at once so yeah that was a wild time in my life like everything was going really really well <laughs> i've heard a lot of slashes that's the first model slash wing cook i think i've ever heard like you were singularly unique in that oh i got one better for you all right give it my to my best me. friend she was a model slash industrial electrician Nice. Ooh. I don't know if I could work in a in a wing place. Just, I would be uh, eating the supply all the time. Oh my god, that was the best part of working there. I just ate wings all freaking day. That was the greatest thing ever. And let me tell you something. When I started being a server and a bartender, and I did all like, I did that kind of stuff there, but I worked a, um, a chicken place too because what is better than wings or fried chicken? Like you just can't beat that. It's pretty good. Always in reach. So getting started, what are some things that uh, that you feel like you did well? What are some things that you would do again if you were starting all over? Um, I mean, I guess with any of it, honestly. Um, I had a really hard drive and determination that kind of miss about myself sometimes. When I got, so when I was a bank teller and I got that first photo shoot, I was like, all right, we're doing it. Boom. And I immediately like started making my connections. I started networking. I tried getting more jobs, more, you know, bookings and stuff like that. Um, ended up getting more ghosties and just doing that whole thing. And when I got with smoking, I ran with it. You know, that was one thing I definitely liked that I did. However, for people who are just starting out, my biggest like advice is to just take it like step by step. Jump into it, but don't jump into it in a way that you're cannonballing, you know? Like, don't just jump in and just, boom, explode because you put too much on your plate at one time. Mm. My, and not only that, also don't read your comments. You can read them, read a choice few, um, but I will, I'll probably touch back on that. But comments between different Instagrams and mine. Like, I have a personal modeling Instagram. I have a knife Instagram. The comments between those two are vastly different. And personally, as a female, I I do have to make sure I'm filtering like the really bad comments because some people will leave things that are inappropriate or super hurtful. But I guess for not just women, but everybody, if you're starting out in anything in social media, take things with a grain of salt. Do, you know, like you said earlier, take criticism, but do take it to the, you know, just like be fair with it. Like, don't get super upset over that random dude on the internet who's talking about how you're fat or skinny whenever they're probably not much better, you know? That would be one thing I'd say to people who are starting out, but I, I don't know. I, I felt like I did it right when I started. It's kind of like later on that I started screwing things up, so I don't know. <laughs> um. So I will circle back around to the what would you do differently then. Um, let, let, right now, let's focus on that cresting wave that you, <laughs> that you were building. Uh, what platforms were you on and how'd they work out for you? So by the time I started doing knives, I had already been on Instagram. I had around like, I think around 
8,000 followers on Instagram at that point. And I started a whole nother one. And, you know, I had that modeling Instagram for like seven years. I had that, I've had the Sharp and Pointy Swags one for a lot less. And by less than a year, I had already surpassed all of the followers on my other Instagram. You know how mad I was? <laughs> I worked for years on that one. And in like six months, I had passed it talking about knives. And like when I did modeling, I'm dressed a lot better. I did so much more like makeup and hair and all that. And you're telling me all I had to do is pick up some knives and learn about it. And I would get more followers that way. That was wild to me. Blew my mind. It's one of the great but, lies. Everybody thinks it's it's beauty, it's composition, it's proportions. No, dudes are just into chicks with knives. That's it. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, how much of my following is actually women. Um actually And a lot of like younger men with kids. That doesn't surprise me. Um when uh so I did a bunch of pinup girl handles on chef's knives and Beth was all concerned about it. And at the end of Blade Show that year, she's like, Holy shit, we didn't sell a pinup knife to a single guy. I'm like, no. You know, it's 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 not black and white. It's not the old school okay. concepts anymore. Well, There's as many women in this industry as there are men, and they appreciate things just like men do. Yeah, you don't have to make it pink and little for people for women to like it. We like cool stuff too. Um, so at what point, this is kind of a loaded question. I was going to say, when, how did you decide what your brand would be? Like you saw the knives were starting to take off. What, what was the process of creating sharp and pointy swag? Did it just organically happen or did you have a plan? No, neither. Actually, when I worked, you know, it's a big company and, they um they kind of decided what my brain was going to be to an extent. You know, they wanted a simple Southern girl, um, you know, like that's kind of what it was. I actually started making my own brand when I left. And probably, if I'm being honest, my brand hasn't really come out until like recently of mm. who I actually am, what you know, I actually want to act like how I want people to view me and stuff like that. Um, I've had a lot going on the past few years, but I kind of decided from trial and error, I guess you could say, you know, because I, I tried a few different ones. They were all errors. So I'm going to try to fix that to better. <laughs> Fair enough. And there's something about staying flexible so that when you see something starting to take off, you can, I started to say compromise, but that's entirely the wrong word. Capitalize. Um, so you can take advantage. Capitalize. That's the word. Hey, thanks, college boy. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It was never really about capitalizing on anything. Um, I don't. The, the weird thing is, is that like a lot of people, as you said before, is, you know, thinking that, you know, people and you don't. A lot of people think I do this stuff because I just love being on social media and being the center of attention. I actually don't like it's actually. One of the most wild things I cannot wrap my head around that people want to talk to me and take pictures with me. Like, I know y'all can see me and no one else can, but like, I don't even have like hardly any eyebrows. Like, I don't know why people want to take pictures with me. Uh, <laughs> I am more 
like when I did Smoky Mountain Knife Works, like that was kind of more of a job. What I'm doing now, I just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got no idea why somebody at SHOT Show would want to take a picture with you. Listen, that last couple of days, I looked pretty rough. Let's be real. <laughs> I must have seen you in the first couple of days then. Not not as rough as Dan, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that actually having to work the show stuff really kind of killed I it for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. You got it. I enjoyed it. But what I was going to say is the thing that I like about this, and I think the reason that things have taken off for me personally is actually just trying to be as genuine as I can. Like, if you, I feel like if you worry about views and you worry about people looking at you and people listening to you, like, you kind of get less because it's like you're working for the, I don't know, the, the press of it. Like, I would rather do this because I enjoy the knife community so much. Like, I've made friends in this community that, I hope our lifelong friends. I think the mental health awareness in this community is really cool. Um, and the thing that I love the most about this community, is just another form of art, you know, between your customs and your designers and the people who just collect it, their collections are art. You know, the designs I make are art and the things that y'all make are art. And it's just kind of, I think that's the really cool thing about this community. And so honestly, followers aside, I think that's the important part. I think if you focus on that, I think you do get more. I like watching someone who's being real with me versus someone who's putting on a show for me. But that's just me. Other people like other things. I, I also like reality TV. So I don't know. So part of it is, and I certainly think it's been true with Kyle and I, is do it for yourself. If you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? 100%. 1,000% actually. I, I don't know if the delay kicked in or if that was just so brilliant that everybody just needed a moment to take it on. I, you know what? I'm going to go with the brilliance. Thing. Oh, there's totally so many delays on this end, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. When you were, when you were building your brand, was there any, anything that was like really stood out to you to help a lot? Like we've had some people on that said Every comment that they got on Instagram, they would always make sure they uh, answered it with something, answering all sorts of DMs and stuff. I, I imagine it might get a little overwhelming once you start to get a really big following. But how would you kind of you mentioned surpassing what you had on your modeling Instagram account in like six months? What do you kind of attribute some of that to? Did Was there anything that you felt like you were doing that uh, we or other people might be able to use? Um, I'm going to be totally honest because I'm a very blunt person. I was working with Smokey Mountain Knifeworks, you know, and they had a huge, I mean, Andy ran their Instagram. So he's like a freaking wizard at Instagram. They had like 50,000 followers. So, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they saw me on there all the time. Cause I'm not going to be fake about that and be like, oh yeah, I totally only got the followers myself. I did it. I definitely had help from that. But what I can say is if you want to grow your brand, is definitely make sure that you're posting, you know, three to four times a week, you know, that consistency really builds, you know, um, you know, like a bond with your followers, um, answer their questions, you know, um, try to get back to people on messages. I'm going to be honest with you. All the things I'm telling you, I am terrible at, I don't post very much. I don't answer everything and I suck at messages, but if I just did that, I would probably be doing a lot better. And I bet if Andy watches this, he's going to like, kill me but 
you know, that posting, that consistency, and just being real with your followers, you know, <laughs> those things, it, it does make a huge difference. Also, hashtags, if you want to know what hashtags to use, you can just go to Google, type in like knife hashtags or blade hashtags. And if you're on TikTok, don't say knife, say blade. It's really just more of like a, an algorithm thing sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the some of the hashtags that I've been using, it seems like, I don't know, doesn't seem like they're getting a whole lot of traction or whatever. But then sometimes like one of them grabs and then the next thing you know, you've got five or 10,000 views when you usually get like a couple hundred. Have you, um, whenever I will say this, also it's kind of who you follow as well. You know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'll go down like a rabbit hole of social media. I'll be clicking on this one and like that profile, this hashtag, there's a picture, here's that profile, who's tagged here. It's that weird web, you know, the interweb. You know, make sure that you're following a good amount of people too. It's kind of lame. Like you ever like follow someone who's following like three people and you're like, why would I follow you? You don't follow anybody. Like you don't support anybody. Why would I want to support you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Follow your people back. Like, that, that's important. You know, I'm not saying follow every crazy account, but. So what I'm hearing, everybody, is you need to follow Dogwood Custom Knives. That's That, that seems to be the key to success here. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, do that. And, you know, <laughs> he will follow back, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's been a posting machine ever since uh, SHOT Show. I've finally got some content. You had content. You just uh, got to, it's amazing how much you, people are like, yeah, post once a day. And then like, it's kind of hard to not just keep reposting the exact same thing over and over again. When as a knife maker, we'd kind of do the, the same things over and over again. Um, once I was mid December, I was one handed and nobody wanted to see my one handed content. Yeah. Trust me, I totally understand. I will say this, having only like, because I think we, I'm totally going to quote this one, but only having like 12 knives right now, because you know, we debuted, like that's how many we had in our lineup, which we won't be doing that in the future. Uh, we only debuted with all those knives because we had to have something to debut with. Um, after this, all of our knives are going to kind of trickle out, but it is really hard sometimes like thinking of things to post, you know, because it's like. Ah oh, man, I feel like I've already talked about that. Like, are people getting annoyed with me? Are they tired of me talking about it? Are they sick and tired of me saying link in my bio? Like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's my job. I'm done, you know, I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to sell stuff. I don't know. Some people do it so easy. And like, I totally suck at social media. Like, I am thankful for it. You know, I'm so thankful that I have like the following that I do. But uh, yeah, man, like I should totally be better at this. And I am not. We need people for that. Yeah. Yeah. So once you got on with Smoky Mountain and your your reach was getting really significant, at some point, did the focus change? Did it become more than just something fun you were doing? What I say is that if you're asking if while I was at Smoky, I, it turned, um, no. Like I said, I'm a very honest person. I appreciated my time at Smoky. Um, being there was really just kind of a learning experience. but. Really, things didn't actually make me, I don't know, it was weird. I've had a very weird experience, kind of. Um, 
My best friend passed away in 2019. Her name was Leah. She was the uh, model industrial electrician I talked about. She's actually the, um, she's behind the name and the design of the Mylia. I, I named it and designed it after her because I wanted her legacy to kind of go on. And, and when I started getting, you know, I, so my best friend had passed away and three days later, Smokey had fired me for really stupid reasons, but you know, whatever it was probably for the best because, um, you know, I just, I was probably not in the place to do podcasts and the media stuff anymore. Like I needed a break. It was after that, that I was just like, you know, I was kind of lost cause I had lost modeling. I had lost the knives. And so in like three days I turned into just a fry cook after I'd worked my like tail end off for so long. And I went through a lot of depression, but in that time, people kept coming to me after I made this post about me leaving smoking. They were like, you know, we really like your take on knives. And we really like that, you know, you're showing what women like too. And we like that you're not fake. We like that you're not, that you're genuine, you know, it was just an overwhelming amount of support from the knife community, which really opened my eyes. I was like, oh, you know, I want to do this, but not because it's just that I love knives. I think knives are cool as hell, but I think art comes in so many different forms. I love to paint. I like to sculpt. I'm not great at either one of them. I like to do it. And apparently I'm pretty good at designing knives, um, which has been really cool. I think, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that because it sounds pretentious or egotistical, but I've gotten really lucky and very blessed with these knives and the designs and the Mylia and the more Mylia I, you know, with CJRB was really cool. I actually asked to go to that company, but um, that's, that's kind of when I knew it was taking off was then I didn't handle the success very well. It was just at a really hard time in my life. But from there forward, and especially now, like, I don't think I would know what to do if I wasn't working with knives at this point. I think if like, I don't think I could walk away if I wanted to. So somewhere in that range, things kind of not even just took off, but like kind of settled in in me where I was like, no, nah, I want to do this. Like, this is, this is what we're doing from here on out, you know? You discovered who you were, or at least who you are right now. Yeah. It's kind of a trash can. I need to fix my roots. But like, other than that, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Fortunately, it's audio only, so nobody can see the... <laughs> you guys can, and we don't lie here. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm not one to be throwing stones. Yeah. Dan and I both have a face made for radio. You know, it, it was a, a really phenomenal moment in Beth and I's relationship when she's like, you know what? It, it's really just going to be more hassle to train a new one. I might as well just put up with you. Go ahead. Gain weight. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't. I love it. Um, so we've touched on it a little bit, but um, you talked about learning how to deal with people with comments. Um, some of it is learning how to deal with fans, but I think fans and comments kind of fold into the same thing. Like, yeah, they go kind of hand in hand to an extent. What What were some of the, I guess, what are some of the hard learned lessons from that? Like, what are some of the things that you wish somebody had told you? Um, hmm. So, like I said before, you know, huh? I was about to say, let's, you know, actually, let's rewind it back to when did you realize you had fans? Like, at what moment did you 
look around and go, oh, wait, no, people know who I am. Okay, so with the modeling, I had fans that were mainly Italian. And so I just got a lot of weird comments on that Instagram. And I was like, okay, like I have fans. They're a little scary, but you know, whatever. You know, I have a dad who'll just hose them off if they come to my house. Um, But when it came to the knives, I kind of, I don't know. It never resonated with me until I went to Blade Show for the first time. Everyone was like, oh my God, Smiles. I was like, why are you talking? I was like, wait, you know me? Really? Why are you talking to me? Oh yeah, I have a picture over there. That's That was super crazy. I think it was whenever the first time someone walked up and asked for my autograph and I was like, why do you want that? And I was like, no way, people like you. Okay, cool. And that might be like, you know, poor mental health, but that's kind of what happened. Hey, you know, part of part of all of this is being able to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a super honest person. I tell people all the time, be careful what you ask, because I will answer you. And it might make you uncomfortable, but you did ask. So be careful. Oh, you might want to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. I feel like I've been challenged. Yeah. Or I'll just mute you. Huh? I'll just mute Dan. <laughs> uh, so after Smoky Mountain Knife Works, you mentioned that you uh, did the fry cook thing for a while. And then what happened after that? Oh, no, I did those oh, at the, at the same, same time. time. So I did those at the same time. Um, yeah, and then, because, um, like, I did that just for fun with one of my friends. And then, you know, she passed away. Um, Smokey let me go. And then I was just kind of a fry cook for a little bit. But I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of went off the rails for a while and went to California. That place is disgusting, by the way. No offense to anybody, but, like, that LA area or like the Hollywood area, gross. I will never go back there again. I would appreciate if somebody would have told me that the beaches were so cold too. But either way, oh, yeah. a little haywire went and checked everything out. I took like a, a big old mental health break from like everything. I quit my job. I just kind of just enjoyed some time to myself. I had my savings. And did it like that for a little while. And then I ended up serving and like bartending at that chicken place. Pretty cool. Fun. You can learn a lot about humanity uh, as a server or a bartender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can. You can learn a lot about a lot of people and you wish you didn't. I'll tell you what. On the whole social media thing, I have to tell y'all what my absolute favorite comment on the internet happened a few times on like Amazon reviews on like a few people's reviews that they do in my knives. There's always that like one guy who's like, I just hate her stupid little name on the knife. Can you do a series without her name on it? Like, no, no, we're not doing a series without my name on it. I know the little heart under my logo. But it's cute. It's cute. I like it. That's how I sign my name. But you have no idea how many people get pissed off about that. I just think it's hilarious thing i love it i don't know why i think that comment's just so funny did picasso paint without putting his name on it no so shut your mouth right that's what i'm saying like if you're really getting like your feelings hurt by a tiny little heart you need to worry more about your manhood than like what other people think you should be like feeling good in yourself where you can rock a knife with a tiny little heart on it i don't know what you've heard but my manhood is fine (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. 
I love it. We've had people actually like, um, they wanted to buy a knife and they didn't because of the heart. That was the thing that stopped them. And other people, oh, you know, there was one on Amazon. It was like, uh, something like the, the name is lame. It looks like a 13 year old girl signed it and her 13 year old friends named her. And I was like, geez, like y'all are getting rough about it. Like it's really my last name, you know? It's not as lame if you know it's my last name. I admit, if you don't know it's my last name, it is kind of lame. But still, I was like, y'all are harsh. You know, and there's there's that fine line between interact with comments and learning to just walk away from them. Oh yeah, you have to ignore most. Listen, if you if you actually respond and give them the time of day, they're gonna keep responding. I don't want to deal with it more than once. I'm just going to ignore it, you know, but like, don't leave it up. Don't let the disrespect stay on your page, like delete it, hide it, whatever. You know, you don't have to block people. You can just kind of restrict their comments and stuff because it's just lame. You shouldn't let people disrespect you. But at the same time, you can't, you can't really yeah, so, get that mad about someone probably like a thousand miles away talking crap about you, you know? Yeah. And you're not going to win the argument. So rather than have the argument, just delete the comment and go on about your day. That's true. But I'm not going to say that more than once because I don't like to say that I wouldn't win an argument. Um, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I meant for the rest of us mere mortals. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so... Uh, is that, or after that, is that when you started working with your job now or? Um, yeah, it was after Blade Show in 2021. It was after that Blade Show. So I went there with Artisan. Um, that, I think it was like, maybe like a month after, maybe even less. Uh, William and had uh talked to Andy and Andy started working with him and so Andy called me and he was like hey I want you to meet this person and you know see if this is something you want to do and like heck yeah it was something I wanted to do it's been one of the coolest jobs man I love having this job like I get to work with such cool people and it's so like mom and pop style like we have great designs we have great ideas um we try to be really wholesome you know like we want to reach everybody, but like, like this job has been, I don't know. It's, it's really cool working in different environments because you kind of learn what you thrive in. And I definitely thrive in like a mom and pop kind of like, I, I care about my customer base because uh -oh. I think that's the problem with a lot of places that are, you know, super into the followers and just trying to make money to where they kind of forget that. Are you guys gone? Uh, yeah, you on. lost you and now you're back. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we're here, but you're gone. Hey. Yeah, no, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. We're still here. Man, the only, the only sign language I know is really obscene. Otherwise, I would, I would, um. Can you not yeah, hear us anymore? All I know is like, thank you. Thank you. Um. <laughs> Oh, Savannah has something to say. Yeah. Should we? Do we need to click? Are you, can you hear us? Man, I thought we had gotten past this stuff. 
No, I can't hear you guys. Oh. Uh, let me uh, stop this and... All right. So what were we talking about? Uh, the starting starting with Rosecraft and stuff. Um, do you want to start talking about that, or do you want to talk some more about Artisan? Or no, we didn't talk about the Rosecraft. We can just get into that. What was that like? Because um, they they sponsored like the pit and stuff like that. Um, I mean, they were just a pretty good uh, social media slash uh, like promotion stuff. Is that what you guys think? Because I have to tell you, as like part of the team, you understand there's only five of us, okay? This is a five-person team that made this company and has done the designs and made this happening. Um, it was freaking terrifying because we didn't know if our product was going to be on time. We didn't get to do all the things that we wanted to. We didn't even actually have inventory yet. We literally only have prototypes, like, you know, like finished up prototypes. and. Um, Chase, uh, one of our designers, he handmade our booth, like, and like, you know, we had already decided we were going to sponsor the pit. So everyone's going to know our name. We better make this work or this is going to be real embarrassing. And man, we hit that stuff out of the, we hit it out of the ballpark. And I was so excited about that because there was so much work that went into it. We created this, um, company in like 10, 11 months, you know, like we had met, all of us, like all five of us had met like 10, 11 months ago and just kind of got down, grinded and, and made the things happen. And it was, it was, it was so nerve wracking leading up to it. And the responses we got back was freaking thrilling. That was super awesome. It was super cool to have so many people walk up and just excited about the things that we got. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> what I got. Uh, what's what's been the transition like focusing more on design? I hate compasses. Um, and I hate technology. And so all of my designs I do with pen and paper or pencil and paper. I don't use pen. I don't use pen to like that third draft, you know. Um, so I just work with graph paper and my compass. And like, dude, I hate <laughs> these things so much. You have many of these. I had, like, I had bought in school, like, each year I bought a compass and never used it. I sincerely love and hate my compass so much because, yeah, like, I can put my thumb studs in the right places and everything's going to fit correctly in the assembly. But if that lead moves one more time, I'm going to fight it. What is this? You need some French curves. Listen, I barely know how to use my phone. I don't know if I can really handle learning something else right now. Like, when I did my videos and stuff, Andy was actually one that was recording me. <laughs> and so I am not a, a, a tech person whatsoever. I got a set. Uh, of, there we go. Set a compass, too. Hey. All right, Kyle. <laughs> you want an old school flex? I'll old school flex for you. Do you even know how to use that thing? Hell yeah. I got four years as a mechanical draftsman. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I don't have I don't have anything like that. The the year I graduated, they pulled out all the drafting tables and put in CAD stations. So I was literally nice. the last person to graduate with a uh draftsman. Yeah, for my engineering, they made us buy all those circle templates and French curves and everything. It was total. I'm glad I have it for dis or drawing knives now though. 
I've got my French curve, but what I use most of all is a quarter. Really? A quarter? Yep. yep. Because Jeez. that's the di- – if I – my small contact wheel, if I get smaller than a quarter, you start getting hesitation marks really bad. So that's the, the smallest radius that I like to do. So yeah, I just use – all of my curves are variations of that, that quarter diameter. I think Andy told me he used a Gatorade bottle cap. He's bragging. It was a Coke bottle. Didn't even skip a beat. So. He's bragging. <laughs> um, if um, if somebody wanted to get um to the design side of the house, what's what's your advice to the 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 starry eyed young lady that has lots of ideas, but how does she how does it go from concept to reality you know i wish there was like a cut and dry kind of thing to that but i don't want to say it as if there is but for me personally if you want a good design i think come up with the reason first come up with the reason you know for why you're doing it um for me the Maya obviously came from leah you know, I designed it and named it after her, made a larger version for larger hands. But, you know, the sway back was a mix of my first knife and my love of traditionals. Like there was a reason behind each one. Like I kind of came up with why I was doing it before I came up with the final product. So I don't think, I think if I'm going to say just something to somebody like design wise, realistically, don't do a gimmick knife. Don't go too creative. It is a knife at the end of the day. But decide what you're making the knife for. Is it for people with smaller hands, people with larger hands? Is it for the enthusiast? Is it for an EDC? Are you trying to tap into a new group of people that you want to carry knives? You know what I'm saying? Come up with why you want to do it. Um, And also, I know a lot of people disagree with this. I love my USA-made knives. I absolutely do. They're my babies for sure. But so are my other knives. And I think it's okay to support everyone at whatever level they're at. You know, personally, I'm not a maker yet. I want to be a, na- a maker. Um, I'm nervous. I'm going to lose like a hand or something. But hey, you know, that's. You got another one. I, I could use that for PR. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I could totally get sympathy for that and like make money off of it. <laughs> not that I want to lose a hand anytime soon. But, you know. Um, hey, how committed are you? I'm pretty committed, yeah. but like, I like, I don't know. I feel like I need my hand. Like take part, a finger or something, not like the whole hand. Don't be greedy, you know, but um, really just, I think you should. Just- yeah. That, that was one of the things in the machine shop. They would always say, how do you know a good machinist? They have all 10 fingers. And there you go. That's fair. That is fair. But um, for people starting out, I would just say um, we all wish we could do it like American made and hand make everything. Unfortunately, in the beginning, it doesn't always work that way. I know Grosscraft, we are within the next five years, we want to have our own uh, U.S. manufacturer uh, factory here in Maryville, Tennessee. But, you know, starting out that it's just not feasible. So if you can and you have the skill, like don't you have to have the skill too. You can't just go trying to forge and like machine things. If you don't have the skill to do it, that's where you get the, it's where you lose the fingers and the hands and such. But, you know, I don't know. Just, just give it a shot. Dive into it. You can also make like, like how we were just talking about how we do our designs. Like I do mine on graph paper. Chase, he makes everything out of wood. And he's like, here, Andy, what do you think of this? 
And Andy's like, all right, I will, we're going to have to work on drawing, but I'll put that into the computer for you. Yeah. You know, just dive in, give it a shot, have fun with it, but have a reason for it. And don't be gimmicky. Like don't put like six bottle openers on one thing. And I, that's coming from a person who has already put a bottle opener on one of her knives, you know, have a reason for it. And like you said before, you know, take criticism. I do think take it with a grain of salt sometimes. Like, you know, you ain't got to take wisdom from every comment, but take it when it's necessary. Uh, do stand your ground because sometimes when you're, if you're, if you're designing a knife and you have something that you're going for, sometimes you can't just put a knife out there and expect everybody to know what it is. Like, you know, sometimes you do need to explain your thought process, your idea there. And if they don't like it, then all right, hey, go back to the drawing board and try it again. But yeah have a mix of all of that. Um, where do you think the industry's going? What do you think the next, the next it thing is going to be? Um, you know, there for a while cleavers were in, they're kind of out now. People are going back to kind of more sleek and slender things. It's actually part of my job is to look at this stuff. I definitely think we're about to start heading towards big knives again, but I find it interesting is that used to, when you had a fashion in the knives, you had more of like a, a lump sum of the, the majority of the knife community was into that fashion. You know, now we don't necessarily have as big of fashions. We actually have a lot of smaller, different groups. We're becoming a lot more inclusive. Um, and that's, you know, per the different people that are getting into the community. Cause you have some places like, well, just not at all. We don't do knife shaming. If you like a knife, we love that. You know, I can work with that. If you like that gas station knife, that is awesome for you. We're going to work on like upping that standard. But to begin with, hey, I'm glad you like something that's sharp and pointy. You know, um, I think because we're being so in, like a lot of channels are being like that. We're being a lot more inclusive and we want more people into it. Because, I mean, come on, you get more women into it. More men can buy more stuff. And y'all share that, that bond of wanting to buy the knives together. That's a win-win for everybody. Getting more kids into it, I think. I think a lot of people see a knife as a weapon. I think we're starting to see it more as a tool or something that's pretty cool, something that's art. Because not all knives are meant to be used. Let's be real. Some things, like, if I spend, like, three grand on a knife, listen, I'm not using it. I'm going to, like, just ogle it on my wall for the rest of my life. Because it's art. That's the fun part of it. And I think people aren't just so, you know, tactical, military, hunting. We're kind of, like, all over the place now. Like, everyone just wants a good tool to have on. So I think that the knife community is going in a super cool place where we're going to see some weird shit. And I think everyone's going to have a good time, you know? Uh, is there anything we should have asked and that we haven't? Um, no, but I do have a question for you guys. Um, it's kind oh, of a deep question. I'm going to try. Flipping the tables to... on us. Yeah, I am. This is, this is a serious question. I need your full honesty. I hate to just bring it on you guys, but I will judge you heavily on your answers. If you have only up to five seasonings in your house, like for the rest of your life, that's all you can season your food with. What is it going to be? Um, I mean, salt and pepper. Oh, that's that's cornerstone for a reason. So that's you two. Come out, you only have pepper, three left. Garlic. Give me like a red pepper. It could be a cayenne. It can be a um, paprika. Um, and then give me something for like an herbal depth. Um, maybe some fennel, some tarragon, 
mean, if it's, you know, if it, if it's my last one, I've, I, you know, I've got the basics, I've got a little heat, I, I've got a little sweet. I, I want something herbal to finish it out with. Okay. All right. All right. That's pretty complex. All right. Cool. I like it. I didn't get this body by not eating. Uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would go with salt and pepper too. Um, do blends count? Like a seasoning blend? So my wife. Yes. Yes, absolutely. 100% they count. My wife makes this uh, seasoning blend called Magic Mushroom Powder. So it's like, it's dried shiitakes. I've heard of that. Why am I just now hearing about the Magic Mushroom? So it's like shiitakes (laughs) and uh, I don't, I can't even remember all the stuff she puts in there. But yeah, it's awesome on chicken and all sorts of stuff. Uh, We use that like a ton. We go through like literally like a quart jar probably every couple of months i like um, it so do you go to a lot of fish shows what widespread you got do you go to fish a lot of fish, fish shows mushrooms Dan. they're not psychedelic mushrooms yeah but you said there was other mushrooms no there's the other <laughs> other ingredients in it i'm not sure what all it is i know she puts a bunch of stuff in there damn dude i thought you had just gotten cool <laughs> yeah i'm not Goodness. i'm not cool yeah and then there's another I don't know. Magic mushroom powder sounds pretty freaking cool. And that's even talking about those shiitake mushrooms. So you got three. Salt, pepper, magic mushroom powder. What's the other two? Okay, salt, pepper, mushrooms. So you've got like an herbal earthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another barbecue one that I really like. Uh, Cowtown makes it. It's uh, Oklahoma Joe's Smokehouse. It's their Cowtown uh, seasoning. Ooh. That one's really good. And uh, now is that like the, I mean, like the 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 mushrooms are going to be like herbal earthy is are we talking like sweet and spicy? Are we talking molasses? Like it's more more sweet. It's not it's not overly right. spicy. Um, and then uh, probably like caraway seeds. I use those a bunch like with my sausage and stuff uh, that you that hmm. put. That's like one of the things that they put in like. Uh, a lot of a lot of German like uh, cabbage dishes we make and uh, breakfast yeah. sausage and stuff like that. All right, hell yeah, yeah. That's pretty good answers. Yours are a lot. I like yours. I think yours are more reasonable. Dan, I'm gonna be honest. Yours are pretty complex over there. Like you do you do more simple, but I feel like all of your dishes, if they're if you're gonna have fiddlestein in a lot of that, it's gonna make it a little more of a complex flavor. I, I love me my absinthe. I love me my star and seed. I, I, I like licorice. Yeah. Listen. But you know what? Hey, we showed you ours. Now it's time for you to show oh, us yours. Oh, easy. Tiger seasoning. Um, Tony Satchery's original Creole seasoning. Oh, Tony C's is strong. That's it's a good so one. good, though. Um, um, Chupacabra seasoning. That stuff is so good. And it's this... Um, it's specifically... McCormick's Grill Mates um, garlic, Cracked Garlic and Herb, or no, Roasted Garlic and Herb. You have to get that brand. If it's not that brand, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And the last one is kind of a tie between, like, Slap Your Mama seasoning, or it's this, um, it's a locally made seasoning, and it's our garlic butter seasoning that you put on your steak, and it's so freaking good. But, yeah, those. Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of a salty person, so, like, Yeah. Oh, we picked yeah. up on that. Yeah, uh, for my salt, it has to be Morton's kosher salt. 
uh, the only brand to get that like uh, crystal brand. Not, not like. Have you tried Osmo? It's um, it's this guy Nick. I'm I'm not even gonna pretend to pronounce his last name, but he was on like Master Chef and he does like TikToks and YouTube and whatnot. Whatever throws a knife at the cutting board all the time. He makes salt. And there's like volcano volcano salt, there's truffle salt, yeah. all sorts of different salt. And I'm just like, I would love to know somebody who is not getting paid to like taste that and tell me what it's like before I go spending all that money on some salt. Because like yeah. I said, I'm salty, so I put quite a bit on my food. Uh- <laughs> Man, I had a great source for uh, like gray French finishing salt, like the gray flaky oh. salt. And it's got a real mineral taste, but it it is literally finishing salt. Like if you throw it in when you first start cooking, mm-hmm. like it's it's just gone. But just as you're finishing, throw it on, so, and you get this. Oh yeah, you put that on top. It has a good salt, a crisp like kind of crunch to it as well. It's great on steak. Wonderful on tuna steaks as well. Yeah, we've got a ton of the different salts: pink Himalayan, black volcanic, and all the stuff. I've I've at the cooking store. I always like want to get like the big salt block that you like for like cooking fish and stuff on the grill. That would be kind of cool, but there I usually can't bring myself to pay the hundred and fifty bucks or whatever it is for the the block. This is fair. This is fair. Somebody got Beth and I quite possibly the most perfect gifts for us, and it is salt shot glasses. It's like a block of salt that they carve shot glasses out of. Okay. Yeah. So that uh, when you drink your tequila, there's no hedonistic licking or tequila goes straight in the shot glass. It's a perfect balance. You're done. Actually, what you need to try is doing, instead of a salted lime, a cinnamon orange. I was a bartender for a while Mm. and the owners were actually from Mexico and so I got to try a lot of really good Mexican food, and they were the ones who taught me this. It's a cinnamon orange, so you just take the orange, put a little bit of cinnamon on there. You taste yeah. it like that. Do not put the cinnamon on the roof of your mouth. It sucks. <laughs> um, favorite tequila, they actually get it. It's only a few places you can get this tequila. It's only in Tennessee. But um, it's Herradura double barrel tequila. They age it first in a tequila barrel, take it out again, and wage it, and they age it in a whiskey barrel. Almost right. to the point of an añejo, but it doesn't get all the way there. And it has this really good flavor to it. Because um, I've never been to Caleb Pearson, not because it makes anybody's clothes fall off. I just get pissed off. So I don't drink a whole lot of tequila. But that stuff is good. Is it smoky like a mezcal or is it just, uh, is it more sweet? Um, It's, I, I don't want to say it's really either. It's got kind of like a. It's got like a bourbon kind of aftertone to it. It's a very smooth finish, though. Um, the first taste you'll get something that's a you'll get more of like a like kind of gold tequila, kind of like like a little more depth to your tequila mm-hmm. rather than just like a silver. The ending is very smooth. Um, it's got a very like kind of almost like woody mm-hmm. kind of back taste. It's super good. It's super smooth. And I didn't even like tequila. I was more of a Jack kind of person. Because I think it was soulless or something. I don't know. There was a lot going on in my life at that point. <laughs> yeah, brown liquor, brown liquor, and I are just now starting to get on talking. Uh, well, oh we're my not god! Talking. 
I used to never drink. I didn't drink until I was actually like 22. And for whatever reason, I liked cough syrup or something because I was drinking Red Stag all the time. Oh, my God. Mm. I tried drinking that not too long ago. And I'm, I'm like, like, what the hell was going on with me a couple summers ago? Because it's not okay. <laughs> you know, we change. We grow. I'm not the same person I was last year. Neither are you. Thank God. I got better taste. Not by much, but, you know, something's better than nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, I taste much better than I used to. <laughs> uh, yeah. I might have to find, might have to find some uh, salt shot glasses. Uh, it, it has been a game changer. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, when it comes to tequila, I pretty much only drink it in, like, the frozen margaritas with the salt rim, so... Beth likes the Anheo or the uh, Special. She loves the uh, Mezcal. And, man, she will drink it neat, dead look you in the eye as she just takes a sip. Like, that's that's her happy place. Hey, if it's a good tequila, it's a good tequila. The only people I can't trust like that are the ones that drink gin, just like, just straight gin. Oh, they got they got issues. Yeah, they like, have like actual deep, problems. Deep issues. Don't you do that? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, <laughs> no. Actually, I, I mean, I drink a little bit of gin, but uh, I you also. Know, had I'm a, gonna stick to my guns and say I agree with what I was saying. That yeah. you still have issues if you're just drinking gin. Yeah, gin is terrible. Except there's only one gin that's kind of cool. I won't drink it, but I think it's cool to make drinks with, and that's Empress Gin because it's blue when you add any citrus to it, it turns purple so like that's cool as a bartender to like change drink colors but i am not taking a shot of that i'll take a shot of rumple mints before i take a shot of gin i i i can drink gin drinks i don't do drink gin shots but aviator does some pretty good um where it's not just all juniper like it's got some depth mm-hmm. and some character to it uh, maybe if i, I didn't just, drink so much as like a like a 17 year old that snuck out of my house at one point i wouldn't have such a problem with it but the smell of gin takes me back to those horrible nights (laughs) i got ruined on gin and uh, scotch in the same night Hmm. ah you drank both of those on the same night yeah how'd that go the next day next day hell it was rough (laughs) it was rough then i bet it was yeah no um, I, I didn't really appreciate the term purge and until then. Did you guys actually know that, you know, a lot of people think that you get a headache the next day because you're dehydrated? No, no. Our dumb selves have drank so much that our liver turned all that alcohol into water and we are way overly hydrated. And so that's sitting like back here around your head. I learned that on a class once. And that's why you have a headache. So, like, basically, you can't drink more water and hydrate yourself and it go away. No, you're just stuck with it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, at least, I don't know about you guys, but I can't take, like, Excedrin and be fine. Like, no, I just have to suck it up and hate my life that day. Hmm. So, that's kind of helped me not want to drink anymore. I've gone through phases, like, you know, Army, college, playing rugby. You're in the Army. You drink like a fish. Okay. Yeah, no, I was immune. Like, I I don't yeah. know what these hangovers that people were talking about now. Wow. Shit, it takes me like two days to get over a good bender. Like, I, I need the hot tub and an ice pack and 
Waffle House, Bloody Mary. Okay, first of all, Waffle House, Waffle House is a. Oh my god, I love Bloody Marys. Do you like a Michelada? Do you know what that um, is? Bloody Mary with tequila. No, no, it's beer. That's a Bloody Maria. Oh, and that's right. is like, so you use Clamato juice, um, lime, tahini. Um, you can do one. Normally do that. Normally use like Yugo. But that cilantro, you put a lot of different stuff in it, but you put, um, it's a beer. So it's like a, it's like a, kind of like a Bloody Mary beer, but so good. And I like spicy stuff. So I put a bunch of hot sauce in there. Dude, that stuff is so good. That like, it's the greatest thing after you, drink too much that night i feel like you can go back and forth if you drink too much liquor the night before go for like a bloody maria or mary and if you drink a lot of beer get you a michelada you can change the beer up they're so good yeah. here's what i'm gonna go with alcohol is a toxin the reason you're hung over is you borderline poisoned your ass you drank enough toxin that your body's like nope i'm done i'm not playing anymore but but if you give it just a little more tickle the next day, you're fine. Don't <laughs> care of the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Only the strong survive. You know, it's one of something like that. Hey, you know, if you drink enough, eventually it starts to taste good. I listen. Some drinks might taste good, but I don't know. Do y'all drink IPAs? I'm going to ask this before I start like saying anything about it. Uh, one maybe. <laughs> Am I wearing a, a, a silly-ass fedora and a bullshit mustache? Dude, one of my friends, he drinks IPAs like a love and death. Joey's such a great person. He's just apparently got why the worst taste yourself? I've ever heard of in my life. Huh? So why does he hate himself? Yeah, the I IPA don't know. Well, that's what I'm asked. I'm themselves. like, you are really doing yourself a disjustice, man. Like, stop drinking IPAs. That's like, I don't have... I. I don't even need a chaser for like Jack Daniels, but I need a chaser for some like IPAs. That is not it. And like some of them will fool you because they have a cool outside of the can, but they are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bitter beer people ruin a lot of the, the good beers. Like uh, for a while there, the uh, craft beer stuff, it was like, how bitter can we make it? And uh, that was just Why? terrible. Yeah, yeah, no. But I'm, I'm more, I'm more of a Hefeweizen type wheat beer. I like some beer. wheat beers, but I like my. Here's the thing: I used to have a lot of people tell me I would drink what we would beer, and I was like, actually, my beer oh, might be fruity, but it's like eight and ten percent, whereas y'all would be drinking that four to four point five percent. If any beer, I don't think it's me. Yeah, I like a good Hefeweizen, especially like spring summer beer. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love them. I like yeah. a good summer ale. I like. Have you ever, have you ever had that uh, Shiner Peach Wheat Ale? Mm-mm. I've had it's Shiner like a, Bach before. It's the not. Uh, I think it's the same company. The Shiner Peach Wheat Ale is almost like a like a peachy blue moon. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It, unless I'm like hot summer day on the river or something like that, I actually like like a porter, a stout. Um, I like my brown beer. Like yeah, like I want a beer and a loaf of bread all in one glass. <laughs> I like my beer to not taste like coffee, because I don't I don't drink coffee. I used to drink a bunch of coffee when I worked at the bank. Like I, I drank so much coffee that I think like I just don't want it for the rest of my life. Like everyone's like, you want to go to Starbucks? I'm like, probably not. 
It's just actually not what I want to do. I was like, and, and like the people that drink coffee first thing in the morning, my dad drinks coffee all day long. He'll drink like two 32 ounce coffees each day. And I'm like, I can't relate to that. That's not for me. Yeah, man. If I could just find like a nice dark beer, like maybe a Porter with notes of say peanut butter and chocolate, that would Ooh. be, that would be the money shot for me. If I can't remember the name of it, um, there is a black mocha stout that is really good. It's not really peanut butter. It's more like a chocolate and kind of like caramelly blend, like after notes in it. Very good. It's a dark beer. It's a good stout. Um, and it, like, because it's really good. I don't know. I don't even really like dark beers, but that one was pretty darn good. Ooh. Another like one that's bur- good. Huh? I like some of the uh, bourbon barrel aged, but it, sometimes it gets a little too sweet for me. Oh, I totally agree with that. I need to bring you one of the barley wines, bourbon aged barley wines that uh, I like. Yes, you do. I had one of those when I was on the Knives Templars podcast, and uh, that one's 15%. So you only need mm-hmm. uh, one of those beers. You need to come to the river and bring me some barley wine and let me know that you really love me. <laughs> Wait, that came out wrong. What I meant to say was. <laughs> yeah, it's on the record. I heard it. I was here. Now, this is my weakness. Well, now that we're sufficient. Are you seeing that? No, she's doing it. No, I'm trying to pay attention. Put it back. I want to see. No, bring it it back. back. I want to see it. All right. All right. Pretend malted rye. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That looks cool. I've never had that before. Uh, I stumbled onto it. They don't do a lot of it. Matter of fact, it. It took a while to track down what I've got, but it's, it's some of it is probably going back to to my teenage years. But it tastes it tastes like good white liquor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, it's nice and clean, but it's got that that little bit of depth to it, that little bit of bite. Right. And probably one of the reasons I like it so much is it's just nostalgia. It, it tastes like the. The rye liquor they used to make when I was a kid. Have y'all ever picked up something real nostalgic and realized it sucked? And like, you're like, why did my childhood self like this? I don't know. But like, you're still going to like it because it's nostalgic. But you like kind of realize like this actually wasn't that great. That's how I feel about Yoohoo's. Yeah. Not it. It's actually not that great. But I'll Um, still drink it every great now and then because nostalgia. (laughs) Man, I'll go to... Some of my buddies' cookouts, and they've got like the really high end all beef gourmet hot dogs. And I just can't do it. Like, my childhood hot dogs were the Oscar Mayer, whatever they swept up off the floor, pork, chicken, beef ish. Like, I, I acknowledge that they are not quality hot dogs, but in my mind, that's what a hot dog is supposed to taste like. Yeah. And and it has ruined me for all like the really good hot dogs. I just, I can't enjoy them. Yeah. You know, I'm going to honestly disagree with you on that. I cannot do the cheap hot dogs. Like I know a lot of people love them. I'm not a picky person. It's one of the few things I don't like because it's like, it's not about what's in it. I don't care about that. My problem is that it tastes, it feels like a meat sponge in my mouth. And I don't like that. I don't like the texture of that. It feels like I'm chewing like, I don't know, like like geometry. Like the blocks keep breaking down. They just don't go away. 
I don't like that texture with that. The same thing with like hard boiled eggs for a long time. It was like chewing geometry. I didn't like that. Like disappear. It so, doesn't. Something's not natural about that. So for the record, I wasn't saying that those are good hot dogs. I freely acknowledge that they're <laughs> But it's just my I have been conditioned that 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 was good. I acknowledge that it's trash, but for what, some reason, I've just been conditioned that that's good. But I want to go back to meat sponge. I've, I've never, I've never actually encountered a meat sponge. Yeah, maybe that's a different hot dog. <laughs> that's just what I think it is. That's how it. I don't know. That's just the only thing I can think in my mind when I eat that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. There's just something about like, I don't know. I don't know. Now I now I'm self conscious about my thoughts of meat sponges. I don't know what I'm thinking now. This is weird. Right. <laughs> you don't know what you're thinking either, so we're just gonna go with it. Yeah. So do you have any do you have any other uh questions or things you wanna talk about with Rosecraft or anything before we uh um, start to wrap this up? I do wanna say that our new line coming out is going to have a lot of wild names to it. I will give you one hint that all of the names have something to do with an animal. They're all named after an animal. And the fun part of this is that with this round, people can kind of guess what language and what animal we're kind of naming this knife after. It's kind of a fun game we wanted to do with our followers. Um, we do drop Easter eggs all the time. If you go through our YouTube channel, you can see some of the new knives that are going to be coming out. Um, but other than that, I think I've learned a lot about you guys from this podcast, and I hope that everybody <laughs> has gotten to hear some cool information between all of us. Yeah. Cool. And if people are wanting to get in touch with you and connect with you, do you want to give them your Instagram and some of that stuff, your contact? Yeah, you can follow me. <laughs> not giving out phone numbers. I kind of had a, <laughs> kinda had a special occurrence happen with that. <clears throat> but... I am on Instagram as Sharp and Pointy Swags. There is a underscore between all of that. Um, you can also watch on YouTube. I am Sharp and Pointy Swags. I don't really post anymore. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm kind of busy with a lot of. I'm not here scared. Um, I'm kind of busy with a lot of other stuff, so I don't really post a lot on my own YouTube channel. You can follow me on Instagram. I am active there, and we are on Rosecraft Blades on YouTube. Uh, we have me and Andy have done some podcast on there or videos i don't really know what to call them anymore but you can go watch those the first and the last 30 seconds of all of our videos are hilarious mm -hmm. i think anyway um and then we're also on instagram there we have started doing something different where you can see scales on our knives like with, as long as it's you know the same type of knife just different color we can switch scales and stuff now so cool stuff with that we are getting um, and we just got a new shipment of our Clinch River spray bags and they look freaking amazing. So check them out. You can also use RCB swags and get 10% off. Ooh. So yeah, check us out on Instagram. Follow me. I try to post a lot. I kind of suck at it, but I do read the comments and I try to respond to everybody I can. And if you're not mean, she'll respond. Yeah. If you're mean, well, I talk about you behind your back. I'm going to be honest with you. But other than that, I don't respond. <laughs> and we've heard about you. Oh, wow. Man, that's an attitude. <laughs> Sassy. I'm <all> intimidated. <laughs> that didn't just happen every day. So uh, you can keep in touch with our podcast at knifeperspective.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. 
You can keep in touch with Dan Eastland of Dogwood Custom Knives at dogwoodcustomknives.com and he's Dogwood Custom Knives on Facebook and Instagram. You can keep in touch with me, Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Knives at cagedailyknives.com and Cage Daily Knives on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yeah. Thank you. Can you do Twitter? Yeah, I have a Twitter. I pretty much just post whatever I post on Instagram. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I can't do Twitter. Twitter freaks me out, but I'm glad somebody else can do Twitter. I'm going to start asking you about that, okay? Uh, I don't really. I need to help me out. I don't really do it. I mainly just. uh, The term you're looking for (laughs) is yes, ma'am. Sure. Yep. (laughs) I can try to help you out as much as I can, but I'm not very active on there. But thank you, sir. So we just tried. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Thanks, Savannah. And uh, say goodnight, Dan. Goodnight, Dan. Well, let's take it to the edge. Because that's what's expected. In this discussion, this is the night prospective.